podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Carolyn Brown here. I'm the founder of Interview IQ, and I'm bringing you Career Care Package. We're waiting for Nisha. We've had a few technical issues with the internet. I assume that everybody in Melbourne is jumping on their internet at this time in the afternoon and uh, doing whatever. But uh, so um, today, um, as always, our aim is to bring you some hope and optimism, ideas, inspiration. To help you find a job during this very uncertain time um, where we don't know what's going to happen next week let alone next month or, or next year um, so today i'm delighted to introduce anand tamboli um, anand came to career care package must have been a couple of months ago now anand was it yeah that's right yeah, yeah. and we were talking about the future of work um, you know we'll, we'll I, I guess a really common question that you get is Will AI or robots still steal my job? Um, we're not focusing so much on that today. We're talking about how to create certainty for yourself or how to survive in an economy or in the gig economy. Because whether you are working in the economy or not, chances are within the next four or five years, um, you're going to have a greater level of uncertainty around work and working out how to survive. Um, from a personal branding point of view or identifying what your unique value proposition is and who you can serve is a very good skill to have regardless of whether you have a permanent job, a contract job, a gig job, that type of thing. So thanks for joining us again, Anand. Oh, pleasure to be here, always. Fantastic. The reason we wanted to get you back on is you've just written a book called U3.0, so we've all heard of um, 2.0, but perhaps if you can give people, well, first of all, reintroduce yourself to our audience, the people who don't know, uh, don't know you, and um, how you came to write the book. Well, uh, <clears throat> writing this book is probably, uh, we have been doing uh, this, uh, working on this book for past six, seven months. Yeah. But a uh, bit of a background on my personal journey, uh, personal career journey to be specific. So my first job was a computer trainer, and that was in 1997 and 8, I believe. Yeah, I used to train people yeah. on C, C++, and a number of such things. Then I moved to teaching in engineering. Uh, from there, I moved on to manufacturing. So I worked in R&D. Uh, I was uh, project lead, uh, designing products like TVs and refrigerators and microwaves and whatnot. Then I moved to banking. So banking, business transformation, change management. And from banking, then I started my own company, uh, which was into internet of things and designing new products, new uh, AI, IoT based products. Since then, until uh, last couple of years ago, 2018, uh, when I sold that company off, 
and I started thinking, okay, what do I do next? And how do I make best use of what I've learned in the past? And what I know is going to be most useful. That's where I had a lot of time at my hand to think about it and not just think. So I decided instead of just thinking and regurgitating, uh, let me write something about it. And that's where my first book came about. So I wrote a book, uh, I had a lot of time uh, to put that things into perspective. Uh, first book led to the second book, second uh, to the third one. And so I, I kind of think that, okay, uh, writing books is one of the things I not only like to do, but also it enables me to help people and enable others to help at a larger scale. Because I know when I worked uh, as a startup, uh, in, had a small company, in, in eight to nine years time, I barely catered to about 65 uh, large scale clients. And that was it. So if you look at from the idea perspective that how much of my idea made an impact, it, it wasn't much. But compare that to the book and compare that to the other stuff that I'm doing these days, uh, it, it just expands that, it just amplifies it. And that's what I love about my work. I'm able to touch more people, uh, help more people than I used to be in, uh, in the past. Uh, talking about the book, U3.0, uh, uh, you, you know that lots of people talk about U2.0, that's the, right. the common term, uh, terminology. And a lot of people ask, where is this three coming from? Right. And uh, I tried to articulate that in a Maslow hierarchy perspective, that how, how does Maslow, Abraham Maslow has put that as in the safety and uh, basic needs, then you go to your uh, satisfaction, the materialistic needs, and then you move up to self-actualization and what has happened in the past and so far so forth. We have seen that uh, most of our time that goes into education and free work is about that bottom, the foundation, building that foundation about safety and security because we are learning so that we can live our life better. Then we move into the workforce and we start to gather a number of things around us. We start to gather uh, whether it's a car or the materialistic thing, friends, certificates, and whatnot. And they give us some sort of satisfaction. They give us some sort of belongingness. Uh, we start to love that thing. That's our second version. That's the level two. And most of us like that, and we want to stay in that. We don't think there is the next thing. Uh, we're comfortable. We know how to play this game. We know. A new thing comes, new technology comes, go and get the certificate, learn about it, get a new job or, or get, get a promotion. Do that for a while, the thing changes, you go back, do the certification, do the same thing again and again and again. So it, it's almost like a hamster wheel and you're running back. And we forget that there is a third stage as well. And the third stage is self-actualization, doing something what you really love and make the most out of your life. How do you do that? How, how do you break that barrier? How do you go out of this comfort zone and go into this third version, the better version of you? And that's where the three point four terminology comes in. Yeah, I love that concept of the, the third version because I guess in that a nation I've spoken about this a lot on the show around, you know, coming from a point of what you want to do and what you want to contribute and who you want to serve and what gives you 
um, satisfaction as a great starting point for survival in, in this new world that, that we're in. Um, so, yeah, I, lo I love the terminology 3.0. And ironically, I guess in, I think you sort of alluded to it, but in writing your book, you've created, um, you know, a branding, a, a communication tool um, for yourself in terms of, um, you know, creating opportunities for yourself as well. So um, congratulations on that. Welcome Thank back. Is your connection okay? Yeah, it seems okay uh, to me, uh, you know. Sorry, and, you know I, yeah, yeah, no, no uh, absolutely. So now I'm back. Thank you for, for waiting for me, everyone. I know you patiently, the, you know, the, the, the your career, sorry, the career care package span really wait for, uh, you know, for us to show up. So thank you for waiting. But Caroline, yes, go ahead with the with the the conversations and i will i will join in yeah, yeah. nation and i were talking about um creating certainty for yourself in the gig economy and I, I i sent out um an email to our email list and i had a couple of people unsubscribe because i suspect it's a really controversial thing for people to think about um in terms of the way that they work but when we think about thought about it both well, I certainly work in the so-called gig economy in terms of there's no certainty in my work apart from, you know, clients and customers that I can attract. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think, from a um, workplace structure point of view, where do you think uh, the gig economy is? Like, are we smack bang in the heart of it? Uh, or is the workplace splint going to splinter more? Or where do, where do you think we are at the moment? So I think it would be a good starting point if you look at the quick stats, like it's not a hard and fast stats, the uh, numbers vary, but uh, in a ballpark, we, we have seen a number of uh, agencies reporting around 62% of the workforce uh, that is in. So we have uh, typically 62% of the people uh, population in the workforce, which amounts to about one and a half million, 11 and a half million, sorry, around yeah. about of which 10%, so about 1.5 million, is contract and casual labor, right? So there you go. The 10% is already in a gig economy as such. And yeah. then, then comes the next uh, prediction. Uh, Freelancer.com, for instance, has seen 40% increase year on year. And in just quarter one, since the lockdown started, they have seen 25% increase in those uh, demands and so if you even cross-reference all the numbers coming from different agencies uh, the the consensus seems to be that by 2025 the the numbers would be close to 40 percent people working in gig economy or some sort of that format and we're not simply talking about gig economy from uber driver or air uh, air tasker or that that sort of thing we're talking about people for truly short-term contracts. Yeah. In a way, how we define gig is there's a clear objective, a short-term contract, someone wants to come in and go out within the defined time span, and that time span is less than a year. Mm -hmm. That is on the rise. That's truly on the rise, and it is from safety net perspective, companies want to adapt to that model more and more. Uh, and they have seen that they have to let go a number of people. They can't manage so many people when things go awry. Mm -hmm. So this is this seems to be the most 
preferred option for them as well. Mm. That, that's where this thing is going to change. So right now, whatever seems to be 10% workforce that is part of this, and if we are saying that about 40%, 50% is going to be by 2025, it's a pretty steady increase. And even if we don't achieve that, uh, it, it's a worth paying attention to. Mm-hmm. So, what would be your recommendations for people? Um, you know, who go, okay, I, I get it. My job may not be here. I might be contracting. I might not. I might need a side gig. Like, what? what if, if you start to think of yourself as more entrepreneurial, I guess, in your approach to your career, where mm. would you start? Where would you suggest people start? See, the, the first part I would suggest is change your mindset, because. Yeah. A lot of people think that okay, if I have a job, even a permanent job, that means I'm secure, I'm safe. Uh, that's the dangerous way to think, because you're only uh, two weeks away from being jobless, or whatever is your notice period. That's the only job security you have: two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, whatever your terms specify. Uh, so it's a dangerous thing to be in, and more so, I would say. It only makes you complacent, mm. right? If you and when I combine this with my uh, idea of U three point oh, it just being comfortable in version two. It just being comfortable that okay, I know the game and I'm keep I'm gonna keep playing that. I'm gonna uh, keep playing catch up. I'm gonna go get new certificates, get a new training, go back to the job, new job, and so on and so forth. But that's not happening anymore. And uh, in fact, if you remember last. Uh, in our last chat, we spoke about this that adaptation only works in short term. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't keep adapting and adapting for a very long time. You need to change that game. And if that is the case, where do you focus? And that's where we, in fact, talk about something uh, in a big circle perspective. Is uh, we always hear people saying that too many things are changing, right? And only few people will tell you that. In order to change those things, there are certain things that need to be changed first. Mm. So, if in order to say uh, bring in autonomous cars, okay, they they are coming in at some point in time. But in order for them to come in, you need certain things to happen first. Mm. Right? Autonomous cars won't come in as of. So that is what is changing and what needs to change for that to happen. But large part, the third part that we are forgetting is what is not changing. Mm. Number of things are not changing, and they are not going to change. Such as you and I, our personality don't doesn't change. Our strengths, they don't change unless we explicitly do something about it. Mm. Our persona, our drive, our passions, these are the things. Something that we gathered over the last 30, 40, 50 years, they don't change. Mm. So if that is the case. Where do I focus? Should I focus on things that is changing and keep running behind it, or should I focus on the thing that is constant and I have more control on it? Mm-hmm. So once you have this mindset that look, I need to focus more on what is not changing, what is in my control, which is myself, which is my personality, which is uh, which is my proposition mm-hmm. to the market, to the community, to the society. I think uh, it gives me more power to operate, to operate in the community, society, and industry. So people need to uh, start thinking from that perspective as to change that mindset, uh, look outside in, and 
see uh, how things are affecting you that's number one and entrepreneurial as you said uh, look people sometimes think that entrepreneur means you got to go and start a business but we forget that we are entrepreneurs by nature mm-hmm. when you take your resume and you go and apply some places you are selling yourself mm-hmm. it's just that uh, there's a bit of a i'd say less friction or it doesn't seem to be like a traditional selling but we do sell all the time mm-hmm. when we and it's not always selling means there is a monetary exchange there is a value exchange there is a time exchange if i am talking to you if i am convincing you to do something so there is a exchange that you are doing uh, after i convince you you are giving me time you are giving me attention so everybody is selling everybody is in a way entrepreneur so thinking that from that perspective suddenly changes the way you look at things and whatever seems to be unbearable now thinks oh i can handle this thing i am um, through your book last night and looked at um you know you're talking about people's value propositions and the work that i do with my clients is is actually getting people to go beyond thinking of themselves as one thing but a series of um problems that they can solve like expressing their their yeah. skills in terms of a series of problems that they can solve for um an employer and they might have gained um those skills at diff- different employers and and looking for some consistency between different um employers as well but how do you how do you talk about people how do you what's your idea on people's value proposition how do how would you create a strong value proposition that you could offer to a future employer right so in in my view and in my observation as well so what i did during the work of the work on the book uh, i studied number of people who i revere and who even people seeing that okay they have got a good brand mm-hmm. uh, right from whether you talk about uh, tony robbins or maybe richard branson or a number of other people who probably are at the at the top of it and then even general uh, public for instance people who you and i know they also uh, in a way are brand in their own right mm. so i had number of people uh, i had look at number of people and tried to find out what is the common thing and the the value proposition for those people when it usually stands out is when they are consistent throughout mm. right throughout their life throughout their uh, actions then the value proposition suddenly stands out because people mm-hmm. can relate to all the experiences and it sounds more authentic mm-hmm. so just 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 saying that okay this is my value proposition it's value proposition is not your skill mm-hmm. value proposition is not your certification or uh, the distinction that uh, your your job or skill set has it is more than that it's how you as an individual um, what difference you make to the next person's life or a business and it may not be just through the skill it may be through your collaborations it may be through your network it may be through your past knowledge and the expertise the expertise does play a role but it's not all the number of other things that need to go in together 
your passions need to go in together that's also one of the value proposition right just saying that okay i know how to do the job is one but if i i know how to do the job and i really love doing that i have been doing it since uh, doing the same thing for last 5 years 10 years mm. that's a very different value proposition mm. because as a employer or even as a uh, as a short term hiring employer i would see that okay you you're going to love the job not just do the job but you will love while doing it that changes your delivery that changes the way you work mm. so we have to think a value proposition from that perspective yeah. seeing that how coherently i can link it through my life mm. okay I've got a question from amit um who actually it's more of a comment we're excelling all the while even while having a coffee i totally agree with that as funny a few years back i am um, just going to make a comment on that comment i had to uh i had to have an operation i had to donate my own blood and so while i'm having blood extracted from my my arm i got chatting to the nurse who asked me about what i did and i at that time i was writing people's resumes and she's like oh give me your business card so you know every, i guess every question or every time somebody asks you what you do or where, wherever you show up not yeah. that you need to push yourself at people but people always tend to ask you what you do so it is a scenario where you might be um selling yourself which i guess has to be that thing around you know your personal branding in terms of how you show up at different places yeah. so in terms of say a brand what's your what's your definition of um, you know an effective personal brand in this new new environment that we're in so in in my view a personal brand needs to have uh, three things uh, on a large scale uh, three things come uh, very peculiarly and the first part is they're very clear in their positioning so yeah. anyone who has got a strong brand who's got a clear brand they know what they stand for the person knows uh, what their life's theme has been where are they going or or at least the direction general direction they may not know exactly where they want to go nobody knows that but at least they know i go i'm going in this direction this is my passion this is my these are the things that drive me this is what i'm expert at etc so the positioning in their own view it's clear and only then you can make it clear in somebody else's view so yeah. only once you're clear then the next person uh, can understand what you're saying and uh, what you really are that's number 1 but it doesn't stop here because it's all in our head or it's from head to head how do i trans uh, transfer what i have in my head to your head and that's where the next thing comes in and the next thing i talk about is publication yeah and uh, i know i'm not talking about publishing a book a book is part of the publication publication is basically how do you announce what is in your head you could be speaking about it in in small group meetings in in a small chit chat and likewise and and the different ways having a podcast having a blog writing something articles book any sort any sort of communication outward communication where you're communicating with number of people and telling them their your what is in your head what you stand for what you like what you don't like and why is that 
to others. That's where you're communicating that brand. So there's the part of publication. That's where you kind of showcase others what you are. But again, it, most of us will stop at that. But, uh, yeah. I know what I stand for and I'm publishing, I have a blog, etc. But what's the point of it? Mm. it is, if it is just one way. If you can't make, uh, if you can't, if you cannot make best use of it, your, your positioning, then what's the point? Mm. And that's where the third thing comes in is having collaboration. Yeah. Do you, do you uh, collaborate with like-minded people? How do you collaborate with people with complementary skills or complementary positioning? Mm. Say, say, for instance, why are we talking, you and I and Nigel? Because there's something that we have as an overlap. Mm. We are collaborating because I'm coming from one perspective. You have another perspective and somewhere it relates together. So how do we collaborate? How do you collaborate with a number of such people so that your, your positioning is amplified and what you have to say, number of people know about it. Mm. Then, then your brand builds. So collaboration basically multiplies your branding. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you know 100 people, I know 100 people by mm -hmm. doing this, 100 plus 100 people are knowing it now. Mm -hmm. So it, it works for both. And a lot of people are not comfortable uh, exposing their uh, audience. Uh, I, I, I don't know why, but uh, it, it, that, that insecurity doesn't really help mm -hmm. unless you exchange because it's, you're not being a hero. You are, you're standing for something and you're helping others. And once you kind of build this circle, the positioning, collaboration, and publication, that's where this effectiveness comes in. And that's where you will see that, okay, uh, you truly stand as a good brand. People know you for something, mm. and they like you for doing it. Mm. That's a really interesting point, and I think a lot of people neglect the collaborations part. Um, Got a question from Amit and then I'll just remind myself because I want to dig into that a little bit more. But uh, Amit's asking, and uh, please let me know if I've understood these points correctly. Positioning, you know who you are, I think, yeah. Mm. Publications, how do you convey who you are? And collaboration, join like-minded people. So I guess a um, publication part can be things that you might do, like you say, on LinkedIn or you know, on a podcast or... Um, on Twitter or Facebook or your blog or whatever. But the collaboration one is really interesting. And I suppose I'll, I'll give my take on that, but I'm really interested in, in yours, Anand, is that Career Care Package is a collaboration like you identified. It's Nation I to an audience yes. try, trying to help and serve, provide value. But it also provides value to the people that come on our show because you get to share your ideas um, with our um, audience as well. And then, yeah, the, our audience audience gets value from that, but it's also done visibly. So it's not just, a, you know, um, tucked away in some corner of the internet. It's mm. live online where there's a, an audience who can share it with their audience as well so that the collaboration is actually um, magnified. Where do you see, like in, in this new world that we're in or rapidly entering in, what, what do you see as some effective ways maybe a job seeker can use that point around collaboration? So look, the, uh, the, the smallest thing you could possibly do for collaborating is 
so we need to understand that collaboration is value exchange mm-hmm. it's not one way mm-hmm. i'm not just getting something from you or anyone i have to give back the the proportion may be different depending upon where you stand today but intent has to be uh, that way that I, it is a exchange it's mm-hmm. as much as equal exchange and once we go with that whether you're commenting on somebody's post mm-hmm. your perspective changes now you're not just going in for wow this is interesting stuff you're going to go and write something about it so you're going to your comment will be more useful it will be more thoughtful it will be well thought out comment and you will notice the person the, the author of that post or article or something they will reciprocate that they will love you for doing it mm. i mean the the quick response is someone goes and says wow this is good like done not really value add mm. right but you go and you put your perspective there is a bit of a exchange then person knows you mm-hmm. then the poster the person who has written it they know okay i i know one more person who either agrees with me or disagrees with me mm-hmm. and that that's where the conversation start and who knows where the conversation will lead you mm-hmm. right it, it may lead to a very interesting conversation afterwards but what happened during the process is not just you built the collaboration but that person now knows you more they know mm-hmm. you more about your thinking mm-hmm. right yeah and th- that's what you want as as a job seeker for instance do you want to be one of those thousand people who go and like on something or yeah. do you want someone to know you by name because you said something yeah and they know that okay this person i know you made a comment you said about this so and so that's what the person is going to remember it's it, it, that it's a great point because i think there is a lot of noise on particularly linkedin where there's like wow great post you're so insightful and they're not that memorable um i remember like when i started my blog 10 more than 10 years ago and i've kept it up because i i love writing and sharing ideas but just on that point of collaboration i left a comment on a blog in the uk the undercover recruiter and yeah. the owner of that blog came back to me and said oh do you want to exchange blog topics do you want a guest post and out of that you know exchange which yeah. was um two people interested really interested interested in the same thing came a, a you know a meaningful collaboration yeah. and people actually forget that but i want to give an example of somebody who's just found a job in this environment who's a change manager um and instead of just commenting on people's work she offered to contribute blog posts to um somebody who has a popular blog and is a popular connector in the sector and and has ended up a like she's from overseas so no network here and has ended up placing herself at the center of a network where everybody everybody knows her so you know bringing in her thoughts about best practice from overseas so you want to think a little bit more deeply like you say Anand about you know how you can make that contribution and how you can genuinely interact and add value to somebody else's experience so um if you've got any questions keep coming but yeah did you did you have any thoughts on that yeah so in fact uh, i usually recommend when when you want to comment or just 
either comment or write something about it and if you want to pick up on somebody else's ideas as well mm-hmm. it's a very simple technique you would do it you would mostly resonate or you you want to engage with a particular content only in one of the two cases mm-hmm. a you agree with it yeah. or b you disagree with it right and both of those uh, situations give you an opportunity to put your perspective mm-hmm. if you agree why do you agree what makes you agree on that point can you write couple of lines if it is a comment can you write couple of lines that hey yeah something something like this happened to me and i totally relate to it uh, i know what you mean mm. completely agree that that's one way or you might say no uh, i have a completely opposite experience and in my view this is what also happens so you show me, you show them the other side of the coin mm. and then politely put your perspective that so i don't think uh, this is the only way to think it mm. and having that thoughtful uh, commenting having that thoughtful response makes works at number of levels so one is it is also making you think it's also making you um, inquisitive about that particular topic mm-hmm. and simultaneously it is also adding value yeah so that post or 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 the blog or article which articulated say point 1 2 and 3 by adding another point which is not the same as top 3 you have mm-hmm. added both point that's a value addition yeah right so that's something i think uh, we need to start thinking as to do i agree or not agree and then why yeah and i put that across okay all right we've got a couple what happens when you ask questions you get questions so i've got a question from uh, pretty um when you make a um yeah this is an excellent question they're all excellent questions but this is the one so Uh, when you make a new connection on LinkedIn, can you share a tip on how to collaborate and convert that into a conversation? What are your thoughts on that, Anand? All right. So it's not quick trick, or it's not something that you would do on a like you had a connection and you started collaborating. It doesn't work so simply and straightforward. So there would be one thing at least uh, which made you invite that connection. Mm-hmm. maybe you have same interests maybe you worked in the same company mm-hmm. uh, come from the same background something must be there which is why uh, you got into contact mm-hmm. uh, try to explore that on on the public domain not on a message uh, see that what are they posting uh, what are they commenting on and maybe apply the same technique apply the mm-hmm. same technique if they are commenting or if they are posting can you add or contradict your perspective with your perspective and that creates a a communication chain in a public mm-hmm. forum mm-hmm. and there would be a point where you will feel you want to take it offline mm-hmm. right if it is a too strong contradiction you mm-hmm. might want to take it offline write a message and say hey can we exchange our notes because uh, there seems to be a different perspective and i really want to understand what that perspective is Yeah. if it is a strong uh, connection if it is a strong assertion that yeah we both agree on this then you may want to again initiate that conversation that yeah it seems that we really agree dot by dot on this mm-hmm. let's chat let's see how we can do something together it may be mm-hmm. and then you both can work out what that common thing is mm-hmm. again like you said it could be a joint article or 
speaking in the same meetup, having a webinar, or, or just having a conversation, exchanging a notes, understanding the perspective. But th that will make it more meaningful than just having, you know, let's talk about what. Yeah, well, if you it, it's you kind of want to build the relationship and establish that you've got some common interests first start. Um, yeah. And then when it becomes a logical thing to say, hey, do you want to catch up for a coffee or hey, do you want to catch up um, on Zoom? I'd love to find out your thoughts on this or um, it'd be great to put a face to the name, um, that type of thing. But it sort of has its logical point when it um, when it actually comes up. Um, from a LinkedIn user, I'm not sure who that is. Um, Anand, how can we best position ourselves in an online meeting and interview environment? I wonder if that question is around generating an opportunity for an online meeting or being in an online meeting and putting your best foot forward. I'm not sure. Um, if you want to uh, follow up with that question, we can answer it. Um, Do we have a... Uh, more point of view on that as to when we're saying making most of the online presentation right is that the point yeah how can we position ourselves for an online meeting and interview environment so i assume that you're having that online meeting or online interview how can you position yourself in the best way so if it is a visual form uh, i mean there could be two ways to position yourself one is in a visual form like how, how you appear on screen that's one mm -hmm. and second is Again, the same that ha happens offline and online as to when you're there, are you one of the 30 thumbnails on Zoom window or do you want to stand out and not become that one, right? So one is, yeah, appearance uh, in a way is absolutely important, how you appear, your lighting, audio, video, uh, the, the props you use, that's going to be absolutely important, how you stand out. Are, are you doing anything different? And different doesn't mean you have to be uh, be wacky. But <clears throat> is there something new trick that you can bring to the table? Mm -hmm. Right, that's one. Uh, and show that prowess. Like if you're if you're in a professional setup, are you in a professional attire? Uh, your background it speaks a lot. Uh, lighting speaks a lot. Audio speaks a lot. And uh, from value-adding perspective, a lot of us would go into a webinar or a Zoom session and just be there listen and log off mm. can we if there is an opportunity to ask questions can i ask uh, some some meaningful question not really uh, run of the mill and rhetoric question but can i ask something which uh, even the, the presenter needs to think wow i never thought about this let me give me one second to think about it can you ask that kind of question and you can ask that kind of question only in one situation a, you have studied about it before going, and you're really listening, paying attention, and asking that one tiny little but most important question. When you start doing that, uh, you, your position suddenly changes because now they see, okay, out of this 50, 60, 100 people who are attending, this person uh, is different. Yeah. And that opens up the, the opportunity to have a conversation afterwards. Absolutely. It's a funny, it's a great point, Anand, because I, when I've run um, webinars online or Zoom or whatever, most people don't 
and, and in my case, a lot of them have been about job seeking. So I, I get that people may want to remain anonymous, but um, in a lot of them, people just uh, don't have their video on. So um, you don't know who you're, who you're actually talking to, but your point around asking great questions is really, um, really a fantastic point because a lot of people don't interact. So the people that do interact, you actually do do remember and, and you are when you're presenting in that forum you are actually looking for some feedback you know to actually talk talk to people to for and for some engagement as well and um you know the people that contact you before and contact you after and pick up on points that you made it's a great way to actually um you know introduce yourself to somebody that you don't know so having said that you've been to their their zoom or their webinar or you're the person that asks a question on da 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 um, so it's a great way of building um, the relationships. So, yeah. Two more points, two more points if I, uh, I may add. One is uh, about the video being on. I think uh, it was okay until last year that if your video is not on because yeah. it's not the norm, but now it mm -hmm. is, it's a norm already. Like mm -hmm. You can't get away with doing that for so long. You need to uh, collect your, things and become available on video. If you think that you know, there is some problem in terms of background or whatever that is, fix it. Because today or tomorrow, a day will come where you will have to be on, on the video. Yeah. So create that as one, treat it as an opportunity to yeah. showcase uh, one thing. The second thing, again, we go back to, uh, and I remember this technique, using this technique effectively, and it has worked very well, is whenever I go to an event, maybe I'm presenting, maybe I'm in the audience, I will always try to summarize uh, the my takeaways mm -hmm. and put them in a post or article and tag relevant people. So mm -hmm. if I say that, oh, I've, I've attended Nigel's, uh, Nigel's uh, training program or, or speech and uh, here are the three takeaways I liked and I, I tagged Nashad again. Mm. What are the chances you think Nashad is not going to like or even share it? Mm, absolutely. You will do it. And so every single opportunity I use and I utilize in a positive way is going to add that value. Mm. Because in a way, I mean, even if you think you've got nothing to offer at this point, what you actually have to offer is an audience and a network, which is that form of collaboration again, isn't it? So, um, you know, that act is actually spreading that person's expertise and mm. the fact that person's brand, so to speak, out there to um, your audience as well. So we have one more question. Oh, so we've got time for one more question. And Amit says, um, I've met many people who either don't interact, um, they're either there only for their solution. Second is some people are chatty, they do not listen. Yes. My personal take is you, if you need to collaborate, you need to first listen. I totally agree with that. I think, um, you know, when we're listening quite often, we're listening for what we need to say next versus actually just being um, there in the moment, completely devoted to just trying to understand what that, that person is um, saying. What What are your thoughts on that? Um, oh, I 100% agree on that. Like, if you want to collaborate, if you want to add value of any sort, you have to listen and listen what the person is saying. Listen what they mean, and and make your point 
based on what they're saying, not what you wanted to say. Yeah. Right? Listening will help you understand their positioning, their perspective. Listening will help you make a proper comment if you want to make any. It will help you summarize your learning if you're planning to write a summary afterward. It will help you ask the right question if you want to. So every single thing that leads to a conversation, that leads to uh, being in eyes of your customers or prospects, starts with listening. Like, although it seems like a no-brainer, but yes, this is important. Mm. Absolutely important. And it's funny because I think, yeah, we're, we're not particularly um, good listeners in the way that we interact. But I love that yeah. saying, which is, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And listening is actually showing that you're really interested in that person and, and um, you know, you really care for um, what they're actually um, saying and trying to understand them. So on that note, we're, we're coming up to 45 minutes. So Anand, thank you very much for joining us and sharing um, your uh, wisdom and knowledge. If people um, want to find you and buy your book, U3.0, where can they do that? Well, so this is how the book looks like. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know how you do that. I'm going to find out a little later. So there's the book. <laughs> and uh, this is the link. So it's a bit.ly yeah. link. I've gotten it for you. So just go on bit.ly slash u3-0. Yeah. Uh, you can buy it there. Uh, that's uh, my website address. But you can also go on amazon.com.au or .in yeah. uh, as well as .com. So all over Amazon, the book is available. Uh, decently priced. So it would be a good read. Thank you very much. Okay, so um, we've come to the end of another career care package. Nayshad will uh, pop up with his lovely face as well as mine tomorrow. Hopefully no internet issues. Um, if you want to follow, well, if you don't want, what am I trying to say? Please follow Career Care Package on LinkedIn. You'll get notified of uh, shows coming up and shows that have just gone. Nash and I are busy putting videos up on a YouTube channel so you can actually watch again and binge watch if you need to. Um, tomorrow we're talking about finding a job in a startup, which I think is a very timely chat to be having. You know, we're, we're interviewing a talent acquisition manager uh, who's going to share tips on what it's like to work for a startup, what it's like to work for a startup that's scaling, the type of person, the, the type of skill set, the type of opportunities um, that are available. Very, very timely in this environment. So thanks again for joining us, Anand. We'll see you tomorrow, uh, 3pm Melbourne time. And please stay safe, stay well, follow the restrictions and the guidelines, and we'll all get out of lockdown again very soon. So. Thanks again for joining us, um, Anand, and we'll, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www.com yourcareerdownunder.com.au and if you have got a question about today's episode 
or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic please reach out to us we would love to do that until next time be well